Guys, it's the season of love. And if there's anything this movie taught us about love, it's that love conquers all. Even if the woman who you're trying to date is a lesbian gangster. You you just got to be Ben Affleck, guys. God, this movie's terrible, wasn't it? Well, guys, uh, sorry. Welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, guys. Sorry, this movie's just kind of thrown me for a loop here. Uh, We're we're the show that's going to take you to a dinner and a movie date. Uh, The dinner, food truck Mediterranean next to the gas station in the landfill. The movie, to set the mood, Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac. I am your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by a real gangster's gangster. Guys, it's Michael Flaherty, everyone. I'm, I'm throwing, I, I, hey, y- you can't see me, but I'm throwing my setup. I'm throwing my motherfucking setup. Yeah, whatever, whatever set, whatever set is the set that you agree with, that is the set that I'm throwing up right now. No, no, it is, it's the, it's the, it's, it's the day after Valentine's Day, the season of the the day the day when the day when all the people who are uh, who are in who are in relationships get to poke fun at everybody who's single, <laughs> and everybody who's single gets to poke fun at the people in relationships and then cry <laughs> and get on Reddit. <laughs> Absolutely, and then go and then go. I told a woman she smelled nice. Why didn't she have sex with me? <laughs> Guys, we'll, we'll get into Sigma males a little bit later in this podcast. But guys, <laughs> for now, we got to talk about Geely. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, what, unfortunately. <laughs> guys, e- even even Benifer couldn't save this movie. Even, even motherfucking Ben Affleck couldn't save this movie. Oh, it's, it, it, is, it is truly one of, one of the movies ever. Starring two, starring a a Hollywood power couple, you know. And also, I gotta say, it's like it's like this and Mister and Mrs. Smith. You remember? You remember that Angelina Jolie Brad Pitt movie? Mm-hmm. They're like the yin but, and yang yeah, of the yeah, exactly couple that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Geely is like the chaotic evil, and like Mister and Mrs. Smith is like the true neutral. We just gotta find everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like with Geely, guys, we have kind of the perfect gamut. We have bad writing, we have bad acting, we have an mm-hmm. inconsistent tone, but most importantly, I think we have the massacring of absolute talent. I mean, guys, this movie made me not want to watch Christopher Walken and Al Pacino, even though they were only in one scene. That's how bad this movie is. It's I I I literally the two of them when they showed up on screen, I quietly I, I was doing the Michael Scott thing. We're under quietly under my breath. I was like, don't, don't please. It's just they just show up, and I'm just like, no, Christopher Walken, you were in Catch Me If You Can and Pulp Fiction. Why are you in this? And then I turned to Al Pacino. I was like, you were in The Godfather. You should know better. <laughs> You are Scarface. What are you doing here? I mean, granted, <laughs> yeah. he's playing a criminal, but like, no, don't don't be in this movie, please. Yeah, don't. it's it's he was a he's he's actually it's actually criminal that he's in this movie. <laughs> this movie is is a crime. So when we talked about glitter, however many weeks ago that was, 
what did I say? I said, you know, one of the most important things, especially in a rom-com that we have is have characters that we like and, you know, have them have chemistry. But what don't we have in this movie? (laughs) I don't like any of these characters. And despite them being like, you know, later on going to be like an actual couple. So, you know, clearly when they first meet, you know, they see something in each other. They don't even have chemistry in this movie. That is, oh my god! When you don't have that, do you even have a fucking rom com? It's it's well well it's also kind of poetic that they that like later on they would have a very public and very messy like splitting, and it's Mm -hmm. just kind yeah it's just one of those things where you look back and you're like, damn, Geely really did just sort of paint a picture on what was that what exactly was going to go down in terms of the chemistry between them because. Like, yeah, exactly. It is literally the hallmarks of like a rom-com. Literally the requirements is chemistry between two people and you wanting them to get together. You, you kind of want them to get together. The only thing I wanted from Gigli was for the two of them to get off the damn screen. I was like, <laughs> I literally was so unhappy when they were on screen and they were on screen a lot, like most of the time. And I mean, when this movie came out, this was in um, 2003. So Benefer was kind of like, and guys, you know, we're not a celebrity gossip podcast, <laughs> but I feel like what this needs to be said to kind of set the scene of what people were expecting for Geely. So B- Benefer was like the thing going like the, mm-hmm. the Hollywood it couple. But even that couldn't save this movie. You know, you know where I'm going with this, Mike. We're gonna oh. do what we're gonna do our little box office game here, real quick. Ooh, the box off the box Dude. office brawl. So, so, so I am excited, Mike. We got our budget. Some people say I've found some sources that say 75.6 million, and I found some other sources that say 54 million. What was the box office on Geely? Okay, wait. I got to hear the budget first, though. Can I hear the budget? Okay. The, 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 the budget okay. was 75. Some sources said 75.6 million and some said 54 million dollars. Okay, 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 okay. So, okay, there's no way this movie made back what it was worth. Or it was either it did not make back what it was worth or it's everyone saw it opening weekend and then didn't see it again. So mm. I'm going to put I'm going to put my chips on. They got opening weekend and never got anything again. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw, let's just soft, soft, uh, soft 32. How about that? Where are we, where are we sitting? Lower. Oh, okay. All right. Mm. Well, I'm going to slash it half 15 mil. Lower. You, we're getting okay. All right, we're getting mom and dad territory now. Okay, three mil. You overshot it. I'm going to tell you what it is, Mike. This movie made seven point two million dollars. Seventy five million. Oh my god. Oh, that is low, dude. That's that is that is that is you fucked up huge. Like that is like that is that's a big fuck up territory. That is that is the that is you have messed up in a royal ass fashion. 
that's that's the head of Paramount or whatever movie. I think it was Revolution, and I don't know who they're who they're a subsidiary uh, of. So, Revol- Sony, Sony. Okay, so that means a Sony exec was definitely kicking down the door of Revolution, going, "Who in the Kentucky Fried Fuck signed off on this?" <laughs> well, I want to know who signed off on on um, uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez's contracts because oh, what Affleck got paid to be in this movie was 12.5 million and jennifer lopez got paid 12 million so both of them got paid more than this movie made at the box office to be in this garbage jesus christ (laughs) they made more than the movie that's that was really great that they that like it's always funny to me to watch hollywood just hedge its bets on not on content, not on quality, not on visuals, but on the fucking paparazzi and the press. Because they literally, literally, they looked at Benefer and went, this is going to print fucking money. And lo and behold, when it didn't, like, oh my God, that's just, that's so sweet. That's so, it's, it's just good to watch. You're just like, hell yeah. It's really... It makes you feel empowered to see like when a studio makes changes to a movie because because, you know, originally this wasn't supposed to be a, you know, romantic comedy crime movie because director Martin Brest, who actually retired from directing after this movie. after oh, oh, I don't know. God. He made Beverly Hill Cops, Scent of a Woman, Midnight Run. So, he, he, you know, he. He did Beverly Hills Cop and Midnight Run? Yeah, he did. No kidding. How the mighty mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fucking fallen. This dude was cranking out fucking bangers in the late 80s and 90s. Like, and then he just drops Geely and goes, all right, that, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I kind of think that it wasn't his fault because... And in like an interview later on, I think it was I think Ben Affleck was saying that um, the film was originally supposed to be like a mobster crime movie, you know, and just kind of be like a hard crime movie. But the studio interfered, obviously, and it led to the film becoming more of a uh, comedy, a rom-com than a mafia film. So (laughs) that kind of goes like you hear stories of like studio interference in movies all the time, like. One thing that comes to mind is, um, oh God, what was it? Like, I think uh, Star Wars. And yeah. What was, what was that guy? The guy that directed Chronicle. I think. Uh, oh my Forstick. God. I don't know. I don't know if that, I don't know yeah. if that one was caused by studio interference, but I vaguely <laughs> remember hearing something about that. Wait, isn't, wait, Fan Four Sticks is Sony, only Sony Flick 2, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I All think right. so, yeah. Sounds like, sounds like Sony, sounds like Sony's studio tips uh, <laughs> may not be the hot, hot iron bangers that that we may that we may have expected but now it's that's so funny that is you want to talk about nightmare like tips we've all like we've all had delivered work and and had the higher up or the teacher whoever just turn to us and go i think there's some revisions that should be made and they're just mm-hmm. nightmare revisions that you just have to stop, pull back and go, you psychopath. This is how this is the opposite of what 
of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. This is like the worst scenario of that because Mm -hmm. they went, they were going hard mafia crime, which honestly I kind of get. I kind of understand. You could see something like that happening with this movie. It's like I, I saw a glimpse of that because I saw that they were trying really hard with that. And yeah, no, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they they went in a bad direction. My God. Yeah, and, it, and it's funny, like, even, even Ben Affleck has kind of distanced himself. Like, whenever this movie is brought up, he kind of, like, you can just kind of see his soul die a little bit on the inside. Dude, and I'd, I'm like, dude, dude, I, I get it. We all have, like, I, you, I mean, like you said, I get it. we all have that one project that we look back on. And we're just like, I, ugh, I don't, I don't think. Yeah. I'm, I just kind of want to move on past it. I've had that project on you know, oh, a yeah. much smaller scale, like <laughs> short films. Make I have that one project where I look back and I'm like, oh man, I, if I didn't quit making, you know, making short films then, then I'm, you know, probably yeah. never going to quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, see, that's, that's the beauty of like catastrophically failing. Like when you're small, that failure, when you are like on the red carpet, like it's real tough to sit there with, the person who you've started a relationship with going down the red carpet going, oh, yeah, this thing is going to go gangbusters. And then it doesn't. And then you have to return to that exact same person that you're bragging to and go, lessons learned. I, uh, it was a bit of a hiccup, but uh, yeah, I, I get some, I get that. And some more facts I learned while researching this absolute failure. What two two things. One. Every cinema in the UK dropped this movie after one week. No kidding. That and two. After three weeks of this movie being in theaters, because you know, opening weekend it started off at 2,215 theaters. After three weeks, it went down 97% and was only in. 73 theaters in the United States. I what we got to run that percentage by me again. I'm sorry. What? How much? 97% drop. That's oh my god. That's shockingly low. That is that that makes me that makes me feel bad. Like that, yeah. I'm like, oh my god. God, dude, glitter wasn't that bad. Dude, glitter wasn't that bad. And I was like, I don't know how many people dropped glitter. I'm sure it was a fuck ton. But like, dear God, like 97%. The UK stopped. They effectively banned it. The UK effectively banned Geely. Like, it's like it's the UK looked at like crazy ass movies. Like, like the human centipede. And we're like, that's good to go. They look at Geely and went, this is so bad. Our people don't deserve to be punished in this way. Like, <laughs> I mean, can, can you blame them? No, like, no, really? no. This, this movie sucks. Like, it's just, this movie is nightmarishly bad. Now, guys, we're going to be moving on now. Well, um, let's get to the Razzies real quick before we talk about our drinks, Mike. Because this movie, oh, did, <laughs> did it did it win 
some Razzies because it was it won. It was nominated for. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it won. How about that? Oh, so this movie okay. won worst screenplay, worst yeah. director, mm-hmm. worst on screen couple, yeah, worst actress for you know mm-hmm. for J Lo. Worst actor for Ben Affleck, who actually had a couple other nominations that year with uh, Daredevil and Paycheck. And oh, my God. also won Worst Picture. And it also had nominations for Worst Supporting Actor for Al Pacino, Worst Supporting Actor for Christopher Walken, and Worst Supporting Actor for uh, Lane Kazan, who played uh, Ben Affleck's mom in the movie. Yeah. But Jesus oh. Christ. Yeah, that, I, think that, I think that tracks. Okay. All right. Expanding on the Razzie noms, one, all of those make perfect goddamn sense. Like, not a single one of those surprises me. The the thing that I just love, not love, I, it actually hurts me, but the thing that makes me laugh is just Ben Affleck had numerous nominations that year. Like, well, that's gotta be a rough one when it's Daredevil, Paycheck, and Geely, and your your and their and your talent managers, Tarzia goes, Ben. I got good news and bad news. Good news is you're nominated for an award. Bad news is it's the Razzies, and it's for three movies. Well, you know, I didn't mention this when I was going through the list, but uh, Christopher Walken was uh, also nominated for a Kangaroo Jack, and he didn't win Hell either yeah. of those. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> Good for him, I guess. Yeah, I, spent, I guess I guess that's the best case scenario is to is, is to go. I last half full, at least I didn't get it. At least there was at least there was a bigger fish to fry here. My lord! But you know, with all of that, the one person that was not nominated for a Razzie was Justin Bartha. You know, hat, my hats off to you, good sir. Good to see Doug from The Hangover getting some respect that he deserves. I, dude, I, I literally, I, when I saw Justin Bartha in the movie, I literally stopped and went, "What?" Like I was like, I was like, because I again, again, I went into this movie cold. Like I straight mm-hmm. up, I, I no. Now that being said, I had heard of Geely. I knew it was a romantic comedy starring J Lo and Affleck, and I knew that it was miserable. I knew nothing else. When I saw Justin Bartha, I went, oh my God, you're, no, no, no. And then, and then I saw he was playing a disabled person. I went, no, 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 Justin. But it seems that he was not worse than, than anyone else. So, mm. well, you know, I actually just found this out because I have the pages pulled up, is that um, Geely also won another Razzie later. Oh, my it God. won worst comedy of our first 25 years and was nominated for worst picture of the decade as well. Oh, my. Dude, the Razzies? Razzies are brutal, man. The Razzies are, are so brutal. And <laughs> Just... at the same oh. award show where Geely won, Worst comedy of our first 25 years, Glitter was nominated for worst musical of our first 25 years. You see, it's all interconnected. 
hey, messed up at midnight is just we're we're just riding the coattails of the other Razzies at this point. We're just like we're just we're combing through the lexicon, going, oh, what is the worst of the worst? Gillian Glitter. We got that unlocked. Oh, listen, listen, listen. If if the if anybody from the Razzies is listening to this podcast, which you know probably not, but if any of y'all are listening. Let me and Mike come host. Let us at least be the bartenders. Let us make, let us make cocktails for let the movies all. nominated. Yes, let us do that for yes. you. We will. We will sit down and we will make, we will make you some offensive cocktails. We will. We'll sit there and think up just, just some, just just some just some just some offenses to God, and just just lay them out. Lay all the cards out on the table. Listen, we'll, we'll even give y'all complimentary barf bags. How about that? I think that's fair. You know? This feels like, I, I, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting big, big, uh, uh, you know, Dick, Dick's Last Resort. The, the, it, it's a restaurant that's located in the Southeast and like there is some chain restaurants, but their whole thing is they insult you the whole way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's their whole shtick. I'm, I'm getting big Dick's Last Resort vibes from our Razzie recruitment video being like, we will. We will make it a spectacle. We will make people vomit just on just 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 during the ceremony at various times. Listen again, balls in your court, Razzies. But guys, we got to move on. Mike, I'm going to ask you the important question of this podcast. Later, if on this me. movie were a drink, what would it be, and why? Okay, so in the in in the spirit of the holiday. I wanted to I wanted to have something that's a little, you know, you know, uh, uh, appropriate, something a little more romantic. And I was looking around and I was like, I was like, OK. What 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 is this movie at its core? This movie is bland. Mm-hmm. It's taking an existing sort of formula. But they don't develop it. They don't do anything interesting with it. Dare I say, they screw it up. So we're going for vodka. Because there's nothing interesting. There's no flavor, no taste, no depth. But we're not getting just your classic vodka. We're going, go to the bottom shelf, bottom shelf. Push the Popov out of the way. Go for go for the knockoff off-brand Popov. Because Popov's for rich folk. Who can afford $10 for a handle of, of vodka? We're going cheaper. Clearance aisle vodka. Mm. So now I was looking, I was looking, I was like, well, where can I take my clearance aisle vodka and put it in a cocktail? And I found a cocktail that doesn't that doesn't initially have vodka, but I feel like it serves the movie really well in a certain way. It, it kind of fits. It's called a pink squirrel. It's now before before we move forward. A pink squirrel has uh, uh, three quarters of an ounce of creme de noyau, uh, three quarters of an ounce of white creme de cacao, uh, one and a half ounces of heavy cream, and some uh, nutmeg garnished on top. Mm-hmm. And of shit. course, exactly fancy shit. Chili is not that. Chili is not that. Not at all. Not even close. So. We have to include some extra things to just sort of gilly it up. So, Ben Affleck. 
he plays. He, he, he normally Ben Affleck would be the creme de noyau in this situation. So he's, but but creme de noyau is a creamy sort of amaretto-y sort of almond liqueur. But that's too classy. He's not good. He's not classy. He's not interesting. There's no depth. There's no richness that's added to him, his involvement. So we're just going to make him just flat, cheap amaretto. Not DiSerrano. Push DiSerrano back. We're going, we're going crappy, DiSerrano. Now, Jennifer Lopez in this movie, she's not good either. Um, she isn't the white creme de cacao. That's a different thing. Um... For some reason, and I don't know if you picked this up, Max, but it's it, it was enough to stand out to me. Jennifer Lopez in this movie, she quotes Sun Tzu, reads a book from an Asian author, wears kimonos anytime during the night, and she practices yoga regularly. There's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of Eastern Hemisphere. Uh, cultural going going on the uh, yeah cultural appropriation yeah you know what well, I'll call a spade a spade cultural appropriation so I was like cool what could we do with that crappy sake you would find at your grocery store mm. not a not an Asian grocer just just a grocery store go go find yourself a Walmart and go sake like mom and pop liquor we, shop exactly exactly mm. so grab yourself some of that. Now, now for the creme de cacao. I was thinking for the creme de cacao, because that's a chocolate liqueur, and then heavy cream, that's fancy. And they both encompass Justin Bartha's character, who's this weird addition that's ultimately unnecessary. He doesn't, great, not that he's unnecessary, it's just not good. It's bad. It makes me feel icky that he's playing that he's playing a mentally disabled person. Mm-hmm. It's and he doesn't do it in a good way. He doesn't do it in an objectively terrible way. It's just not good in general. So we're gonna take we're gonna take the uh, the creme de cacao and the heavy milk. Combine that chocolate milk. Just take some chocolate milk. Toss that in. But he obsesses over sunflower seeds. So we're going to take no. some, we're going to crush up a little bit of sunflower seeds, no. dump that in. But we still don't encapsulate the movie. How did you feel watching the movie? I wanted to fall asleep several times. So we're going to crush up a wee bit of Ambien and drop that in. Give it a quick stir. <laughs> you got yourself, Geely. <laughs> All right, so, so run through the ingredients with me one more time. All right. Vodka, sake, okay. amaretto, chocolate milk, sunflower seeds, and Ambien. The sunflower seeds is just kind of like a uh, that, the, the the sunflower seeds and chocolate milk. I'm like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You, you, have you ever sat there, drank the chocolate milk, and went, "I wish this was salty." <laughs> like, that's uh, that's that that's an interesting combination a, a combination of liquors that I never thought would be put together until we started this podcast because. <laughs> Because after we introduce milk to alcohol, I feel like anything's possible. That's that is true. But you know what? It is really funny because there's because you can see our cocktails pre Bucky Larson. We're all like, oh, we're we're doing. Oh, I found this 
like sidecar, but it's that we're going to swap it out for this and this. And then Bucky Larson was it's fucking milk and beer. And now it's just the floodgates have opened to just disgustingness. <laughs> so, okay. I feel like that would be a very interesting flavor. Not maybe, maybe vomit inducing. Maybe. <laughs> Mike, let, let, drink, let me drink, see. Let me see. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I will jump in. Drink at your own risk. Drink at your drink own risk. It. I do not recommend drinking Ambien with alcohol. Yeah, do, don't do that part. If you're going to do the drink, fine, but don't do the Ambien. Just our recommendations, you know. Yeah, drink, again, yeah exactly. Drink at your own exactly. risk. So with my drink, Mike, we got a romantic comedy movie featuring Batfleck and J-Lo. It's also a crime movie that's also trying to have some heartfelt moments with uh, Justin Barthas' character and crime. So this is like one of those classic bad movies. You know, you, you hear about Geely and like, you know, the forums, you know, talking to your friends. I heard about it through my dad. He actually gave me the DVD, the you know, bastard. Um, <laughs> so like I was like for Christmas asshole. <laughs> so I was thinking, you know, a classic bad movie deserves a spin on a classic cocktail Mm. now what classic am i gonna do mike i'm picking a drink that you've done before on this podcast but in my own in my own way guys i'm doing a spin on the cosmopolitan but with two alcohols the first one vodka obviously but the second one whiskey we'll see what i mean we got j-lo she's our vodka which vodka? Let's go New Amsterdam. Specifically, New Amsterdam coconut flavor. Okay? Oh. Might be fine by itself, but when it's mixed with other things, well, you'll see. Affleck. He's our whiskey. But which whiskey? And I'm kind of surprised we haven't used this yet. But, you know, since Affleck grew up in Massachusetts, I thought, hey, what's in Massachusetts? Boston. What's, in, what's Boston known for? The Irish. What's, what, do you, what do the Irish have? They have Jameson. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Only your crazy countryman that's punched an old guy. Guys, it's Conor McGregor's proper 12 whiskey. So we got New Amsterdam coconut flavor. We have oh, proper 12. Let's mix them together. Let's do um, one and a half shots to two shots because, you know, the relationship between the two is like the centerpiece of this movie. It doesn't mix well. Isn't that kind of the point? But, you know, yeah, the drink is strong. And, yeah, you're going to have a strong reaction to it. But, again, drink at your own risk. What does the Cosmo have? We got cranberry juice. And you know what? Let's 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 switch out the cranberry juice. Because instead of feeling all, you know, lovey-dovey watching this movie, my face contorts like I just drank, like I had, like, you know, 50 Sour Patch Kids. So, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's switch out for grapefruit juice. Oh, what else do we yep. need? Mm, we delicious. need uh, lime juice and contraire. Let's look at the contraire first. Where the elements of a crime story might mix well in, like, I don't know, a different rom-com, it doesn't feel balanced in this movie. When harsh crime elements are introduced, like, I don't know, a murder and cutting a guy's thumb off and a woman slitting her wrist, it feels stark and sudden. So instead of a contraire, like an orange-flavored liqueur, go and get some coffee liqueur. Because, you know, this cocktail movie can't balance its romance, its crime. So when it doesn't reduce crime, it kind of feels sudden. You're like, where the fuck did that come from? Lime juice. Switching it up a little bit. 
You see, it hurts me when I see good legendary actors in a bad movie. It makes you think they fell from grace, that they're in it for the money and not for the art, which, you know, fair. But damn, I, like, I want to believe they're acting for the sake of the love and the art. So for the random, disgusting usage of Al Pacino and Christopher Walken, swipe out your lime juice for apple cider vinegar. Mix all that shit together. Garnish with an orange peel because, you know, hey, Justin Bartha wasn't nominated for a Razzie. So, you know, I I guess that's okay. And um, yeah, that's the movie. The uh, G. Lee Cosmopolitan. I I gotta I got I gotta take it back. The apple cider vinegar just it's you know, you know what I need in my cocktails? A good a good ode to your gut health. (laughs) Because <laughs> it's, it's, you know, all about gut health when you really watch yes, it like yes. through a second time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I always think. No, in, in that, in that it wants me. It makes me want to vomit. So no, it's okay. So instead of the Cointreau, we have coffee liqueur, which I understand that. I understand that the 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 punch in the face that you feel when you're you know, watching the movie and you quickly and you just look away for a split second to just like answer, answer like a phone call or something. Then you look back and then and then like like Al Pacino's just shot a man and is screaming at people at the top of his lungs. It's it feels a little stark. I do have to say, I love that you chose Ireland's favorite psychopath. That is Conor McGregor as as the as the as the liquor for Ben Affleck. It feels feels like weirdly feels like a kindred spirit. Ben Affleck, I feel like if Ben Affleck was like had martial arts chops, I feel like he would. I feel like he would be Conor McGregor levels of unhinged. I really do. I mean, so I like it. I like it. You know, he'd, I think he'd be pretty good, but you know, we're not we're not a sports podcast, guys. We're a movie podcast. So, with all of that being said, we are running over. So, we're gonna just rip the band-aid off and try to speed through Geely with as many quips and jokes as possible, guys. Let's let's talk about Geely. So, the first shot we see of this movie is Ben Affleck looking in the camera. And talking to some guy who is later revealed to be some motherfucker who is just in a washer at a laundromat. So Ben Affleck is monologuing about money that belongs to this guy named Lewis. And Affleck threatens to start the washer with the guy in it. And the guy fesses up and says, okay, I have the money, but I only have like some of the money. And Affleck is like, okay. So we go on. Next scene. We see Batfleck going to talk to Lewis. And Lewis is shaking some guy down. You know, it's gangster talk. You know, ah, you got to get me my, you got to get me my money. See, and he's like, oh, and he's just like, Ben Affleck comes up and he's trying to be a gangster, but like with I, what's been provided to him, it's like just, it's not working. He's like trying to be a tough guy, you know. He's, it, it's not. Working. Well, what's it? Just, it's just exactly, it's not working because we've all. We've all seen a gangster movie of some kind. Doesn't matter what kind of gangsters it is. But when you think of gangsters, you have a specific idea in your head. Intimidating. 
guys who dress in a in a more imposing fashion. Sometimes they can be clean cut. Usually they're just dressed in a very in a very like upper sort of fashion. Ben Affleck is none of those. He's wearing a bowling shirt, has his hair pulled back as if he's like a 50s greaser. And he just, it's so funny because Lewis is doing the like, he Lewis reminds me of a kid who was first, who was just binged season two of The Sopranos and really, really, really wants to be James Gandolfini. <laughs> so he just, he sits there and is doing his thing. And you just, the camera has Ben Affleck in it because he's the star. And Ben Affleck has the most vacant stare, vacant, like, faux tough guy, more just, more just dumb tall guy energy sort of stare, sort of blank, blank stare. And it is, it, it's, it's, it's not scary. It's just funny. I, I was just laughing. Yeah. And I mean, G- Ben Affleck, Geely. He isn't even good at being a gangster because he goes up to Lewis and he's like, hey, you know, I got half the money from that guy. You know, it's better than nothing. And Lewis is like, um, the fuck it is. I need all the money. You know, you're supposed to be a vicious mad dog. And the two go off walking. Lewis assigns him his next job. He's like, hey, listen, it's a person making it difficult for a friend of mine in New York. The individual needs to be touched in some manner as to how to convince him in the error of his ways. This guy has a beloved relative with certain psychological defects. I want the relative kidnapped for the time being. Just hold on to him. And we're already, we're not even like five minutes in. And this movie is already like, you know, throwing in your face like, hey, Ben Affleck's going to kidnap man. And I'm like, that's like, that's, that's okay. That's, that's the thing is like, is like the overarching theme of this is really dark. Like they're like, yeah. Ben Affleck, the guy we're supposed to be rooting for. You're going to kidnap a mentally mentally disabled man and hold him for ransom to bribe like a federal like prosecutor. It is it's you're like Jesus Christ. Okay, these are not small stakes. You're already throwing this at me like hard and fast after like Ben Affleck was, you know, you know, throwing wise guy remarks to a guy in like a washing machine and then you're having him do this and you're like okay establish your tone movie he looks yeah exactly it's he looks like he's he would walk around with a switchblade comb and instead he's sitting there talk they're talking about this like super serious thing and of course because like because obviously we've watched like goodfellas casino Mm -hmm. All, all of those mafia movies, you obviously instantly jump to the conclusion of, oh, he's going to have to fucking kill him. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be like a huge tear at his heart. Like, Jesus, that's that's a really intense theme that this movie's trying to play. And then they play it off like it's a fucking goofy little bit that they're doing. And it's just it turns so into like weird. A, it turns into like a family, you know, comedy film with Ben Affleck, J-Lo, and... Um, <laughs> And, um, it's Justin not Martin, so yeah. hard in this day and age. <laughs> just pans in on Geely's apartment. So I was just, I just had the uh, opening song to Malcolm in the Middle just stuck in my head. You're not the boss oh. of me now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was the, I was more Family Matters, but hell yeah, Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle doesn't, does it too. So then we, we move on to our next scene. Geely, he enters into this building and just kind of, you know, wanders in. And checks out 
um, Brian and he, yeah, like he just kind of like walks in, takes Brian. They get in Ben Affleck's car <laughs> and just start driving. <laughs> they're like, wait, they're, wait a second. You, is, you, who, there were a lot of steps are, here where yeah, someone exactly, could have exactly. them. This, <laughs> this movie ignores the fact that orderlies, there are like no orderlies there. There's no one at the front desk going, sir, 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 you can't be there, sir. Like, it's, it's just the weirdest shit on the planet like i'm like okay it's not ben affleck's it's not geely's driving around with uh brian you know it's kind of it's like he just you know checked his brother out of school for the day times were much different back then he's taking him he's taking him to chick-fil-a they're taking him to chick-fil-a on his lunch break you know just being like a cool older brother you know yeah exactly (laughs) what's up champ let's go to mcdonald's i know mom said you couldn't but keep it between us so yeah, so Geely's trying to like, you know, like uh Brian keeps on talking about like wanting to go see the Bay Watch, you know, where all the babes are. So they have a conversation. So Ben Affleck is like, oh, you want to go to the Bay Watch? So he pulls out his walkie-talkie that's actually just a flashlight that he puts up next to his face. And he's just like, yes. uh, oh yeah, you know, Baywatch is closed today. You're not gonna believe it. So then Geely calls Bri- uh, Lewis and tells him the passenger's on board. I it's uh, I'm not gonna like make put punch this like feeling into the dirt or like just like bring it up all the time. Uh, so I'm just gonna bring this up once and just have this be an overarching feeling that I got for this movie. Mm-hmm. I do like Justin Bartha. Justin Bartha is actually a pretty decent actor. Like mm-hmm. as we said, he's in the Hangover series. Love Doug. I mean, he's like he's but, like the one good part <clears throat> of this movie. He's the only good part of this movie. Still him playing a mentally handicapped person, it feels it it, it feels weird. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I the whole time this this was going on, I kind of just in the back of my head I was like, this feels oh, this feels odd. Mm-hmm. Like it, but it wasn't yeah, but it wasn't like a deal breaker or like the like world was ending. Because mm-hmm. yeah, as you said, he is the best part of this fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, he was the only one that wasn't nominated for a Razzie, so there you go. So Seriously. now we move on. Geely and Brian, they arrive at Geely's apartment. And Brian just kind of, you know, goes along with it after Geely offers him some water. So Brian's like, yo, he's like, I want to go home. Geely starts yelling at him. Pretty sure that's not the way to handle somebody like Brian. And the doorbell rings. What's this? Geely goes to answer. And it's Jennifer Lopez. And she wants to use Ben Affleck's phone. And she was like, oh, sorry, like, I, I can't do that. So hems, haws, back and forth. Lopez, she comes in anyways and starts using his phone. Mm-hmm. So lo- she starts stretching and then Geely is just looking at her like, do we do we know each other? And then Lo and J-Lo, who, whose name is Ricky in this movie, says, not yet. And it was here in the first, like, I don't know, 10 minutes of this movie where I was like, oh, no, the writing's yeah. going to be shit throughout, isn't it? <laughs> I oh, like that. Oh, I like that. I like that. It's I like that. I like that. It. I like that. At that point, J-Lo just sort of 
awkwardly sitting back stretching and going not yet was that was the kicker where you were just like oh shit you're like you're like you're like ah hell this is gonna be bad isn't it no because i like because when i'm watching movies i like to i like to give them like the benefit of the doubt because you know sometimes it might take you you know a little bit to get started not not all of our opening scenes can be like the first 10 minutes can be the dark night for instance, you know, like yeah, it, Jesus Christ, or baby man. driver, you know, it takes a little yeah. bit of time to get to establish your movie. So, but then with a bad movie, you always get to that point where you're like, okay, this is the point of no return. We're, we're, we're in for it now, guys. It, it was that quickly too. It was that quickly. Cause usually the point of no return is at a point in the movie where a plot device is so stupid that you're like, I can't, I can't recover from this, mm-hmm. but not not in Geely's case. In Geely's case, it was just like let's let's cut let's cut the BS here. Like ten minutes in, we we know what's gonna happen. So Ricky asks to talk to Geely for a minute in private. So they wander off, and Ricky's like she kind of you know does a one eighty turn. She's like, hey, I heard you're a bit of a fuck up. I never understood how much of a fuck up you are. You know, just call Lewis. And Geely's like, what? What's going on? And Ricky, you know, she he she explains the situation by saying, listen. Lewis hired the both of us, you know, to do this job. They called Lewis. Lewis is like, I had to do it. This job is very important. Don't fuck it up. You really think being like a big, I don't know, crime boss, you know, in any line of work, communication is the most important thing that's, you can have. That's, that's even my, in the world of crime, guys. That's that's my favorite thing is like, it's, I don't want to sit there and like, play backseat to a crime boss but you know what on this on this on this uh on this podcast you bet your ass i am if you're gonna run yeah exactly exactly as my co-host said if you're gonna if you're gonna run something as huge as kidnapping a a loved one for for a federal prosecutor which is not not exactly like small fry stuff you know it's 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 quite a sizable job I feel like communication being open and crystal clear is like paramount. Like they don't want to sit there and just have to be like, whoopsie daisies. Guess I forgot to tell you that. Like, it's like, what the hell? Maybe this part of the movie is actually the rom-com aspect because it's showing the audience how important communication is in a long lasting relationship like the one with Lewis and Julia. Yeah, exactly. In a professional yeah. environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's this movie's trying to tell you something with it being so bad. I don't know if it's that though. So Ricky, she says, listen, I have a solid reputation. Get yourself straight. Let's figure this out. Also, I want tea. So Geely's like, he points. Because again, there's a lot of pointing in these bad movies. And he says, I don't know who the fuck you are. I don't work like this. Have you heard of my reputation? You want to be a gangster? I'm an original gangster. And, you know, with his reading of that, I'm like, you know, somehow I just I don't believe you. You you sound like that one neighborhood kid that's like my grandfather was a CIA agent. You know, I know all the government secrets. my, My dad works for Nintendo. And he can get he can get you banned. <laughs> My dad's like, oh. working on the new Star Wars movie. 
<laughs> we all knew that I know, old kid. I, I, I know all the spoilers for the new Star Wars movie, but I'm just, I'm not going to tell you it, though. And if you were that kid, why are you listening to this podcast? You obviously already know what we're going to say. Exactly. <laughs> not too, so, not too so funny is it. it now. So just, just say, say it. it. Just say it. Just say, say it. it. I fucking dare waiting. you. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Sorry. So yeah, so now Brian starts saying things and it's pissing off Geely. So Geely starts yelling at him and then shoves him into a wall. Wrong response. Ricky comes in and is like, you know, hey, you know, let's let's figure this shit out. Ricky's like, look, I'll kill you and let's just try to make this pleasant. So we move on. Next scene, they're all sitting around the dinner table. It's night. And Rick and Geely have the whole like, oh, so what do you do bit? And Ricky's like, you know, I'm from another place more a1 writing and ricky's also not my real name that'll be a a theme that we come back to later brian's just like this food isn't good and neither is this movie so Gia's like too bad eat it i feel like ben affleck's talking to me yeah exactly so (laughs) geely he then does this like weird metaphor where he's like every relationship has a bull and a cow i'm the bull you're the cow and he's also Always a misogynist cow. that calls women like, cows. Yeah, I was like, it's when I heard the there's a bull and a cow in this relationship. And I was like, oh, oh, no. I was like, literally, my brain was like, Ben, don't do it. Ben, don't do it. Don't do it, Ben. And he goes, and you're the cow. And I was like, God, he did it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, ben, I was like, you know, as an actor, you have to stick to professionalism and, you know, do what's in the script. If you can get some lines out or like say, hey, I don't know about this, you know, which I'm sure, you know, actors do. But sometimes you just got to listen to listen to the man that pays you. So. Later. So later on, next scene, uh, Geely is setting up the couch for Brian to go to sleep at. Brian wants Geely to read to him, but Geely doesn't want to. And Ricky's like, you need to read to him. But Geely's like, I don't have anything here. I don't have a book. Somehow I, you know, I believe that. So, yeah, you know, what is, that tracks like, yeah, that, that makes sense for you. So what does he do? He reads a Tabasco bottle to Brian to, you know, lull him to sleep. It's kind of like going to the bathroom without your phone. So you just like, you know, grab the shampoo like, bottle and just start reading the back the of it. shampoo bottle. Dude, you know, you know exactly the vibes when you're sitting there, you don't have your phone. You're like. Well, fuck, I guess I'm going to learn what's in my shampoo. And then you're like, you're like, there are sulfates in this. <laughs> like, I'm not, that's, I think that's bad for hair. Like, <laughs> what the fuck, Dove? Why are you putting this shit in my body? You're like, you're like, I thought, I thought I was like, I, I thought I was supposed to look like those L'Oreal commercials. But now I just feel like an idiot. That's what I feel like. This Garnier fruit tea is supposed to make my hair grow back at a rate of 18% per month. Hmm, who would have thought? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have been using this on my pubes. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that bit was. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking, like, my pubes have brains now. It's gotten so long. <laughs> that, that's what Geely's making me do, guys. I just, I don't want to watch this movie anymore, guys. This movie is so bad and so boring. It's, it's so it blows. 
so, so we move on to our next scene. Ricky, he, she's laying out a sleeping mat for herself on the ground. And Julie's just like, hey, listen, we're stuck in this situation. We might as well make the best out of it. I'll offer you half of my bed. And Ricky like gives a little bit of a look. And she's like, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. It's strictly professional. We're all adults here. And I just want to know, is there anything professional about sharing a bed with somebody That's, unless you have an OnlyFans? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, the only professional behavior that involves sharing a bed with someone. Definitely. Definitely not the definitely not the industry that they're in, and that's why I'm like, what's weirder is, and I'll jump the gun here. She takes him up on it, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, all right. I don't know. I feel Dope. like as an, I feel like as an audience, we're supposed to like be made to think like, oh, this is like a normal thing, but we're. I'm just yeah, there's like, what the? F- why would you do this with a person you just? Mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the big one. Like, if it was like, if it was like, oh my god, we've known each other for like many years, and then I've been like, okay, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you know what? That's fair enough. But it's like they met like four hours ago. Why? Why is this the logical conclusion? <laughs> you know what this sounds like? This sounds like you know old men yelling at clouds about like college hookup culture. <laughs> Uh, it's you know it's it's not it's not right <laughs> what's even weirder is if you go out to the bar you find a nice girl you know you're, you're doing the wooing thing y'all y'all both understand like you know this will probably just be like you know just a one night thing and then y'all go back to your house and then you just fall asleep immediately like yeah, you, just, exactly. you don't do anything you just go to bed in the same bed <laughs> You're just like you're like oh I'm I'm tired I'm going to bed. You're like it's you're like it's three forty five and I got to get up at nine. You're like I'm I'm going to sleep. Or it's like you know I kind of want really want to play you know The Last of Us or some shit and you just sit down oh. and you're just gaming. I want dude that's such a wow that's such a that's such a specific vibe just being like you just being like yeah you're like cool and all but <sighs> Super Smash Brothers is on. <laughs> like, listen i can just imagine ben affleck just sitting on the couch just you know with his gaming headset on just in his boxers and his wife beater just you know playing a couple of rounds of smash with the boys at like 3 a.m all while j-lo is sitting i was like you, you do you, you want to you, uh, you know come do cuddle anything? or something yeah. you want to do music oh no i'm fine no, I'm good. No, you go to bed. I'll I'll I'll, I'll be there in like a couple hours. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to the movie. God, I could talk about anything other than this movie. Yeah, so, right. So he's like, okay. So now we randomly cut to Ben Affleck talking to himself in a mirror, wearing a white tank top, and saying things like, "Yeah, here's your bull right here." And, you know, doing kung fu and karate in the mirror, and you know, posing. And I really so got to say, I feel attacked by this. I don't understand why this movie has to come after me in such a way. Cause like, you know, it just helps me feel confident when I wake you're up like, in the like, morning. I like, I like that. The movie is like, look at this dweeb. He's doing positive affirmations. And you're like, you're supposed to be like, yeah, what a, what a loser. Like no one. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, talk cool about themselves in the, in the beer. So, and then Ricky's in bed. So Affleck comes out wearing a silk robe, by the way. And he seductively takes it off and stretches to show off his muscles. And Ricky pays no mind to the bat flick in her room. 
Anjali, you know, he gets up on his personal space. You know, he tries to do like the seduction, like, oh, you're a very attractive woman. And he and he looks up at her very tenderly and says, do you bleed? Do you? <laughs> so, but then Ricky says, like, you're not exactly my type. And Julie's like, well, what about me? Isn't your type? And she's just like, it's your penis. I'm a lesbian. Like, I'm, I'm, OK. And like the look on Ben Affleck's face is just like, uh, what? So yeah, Batfleck gets blue balled hard. My favorite thing is this as, okay. As a viewer, when she said, oh, sorry, I am a lesbian. You, I am not attracted to you in my brain. Cause you know, I live in fucking 2022 or 2023. It's 2023. And I was like, I was like, you know, stupid me was like, okay, where are we going to go here, movie? It's a rom-com and you just made your lead act- actress a lesbian. Well, I don't, what's going to happen now? <laughs> and then and then the, the, the part of my brain, then another part of my brain was just like, was just like, this was made in 03. And I was like, oh, I see, oh, yeah, okay, I see what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, you can see where this is going to go. Ben Affleck turns a lesbian straight, which, which is that's a, that's a, that's a, problem that's a can of worms. Oof, that's, that's, that is a can of worms. I mean, if Ryan Gosling can turn me gay, like <laughs> that's a different thing. That's a different thing. That is like an obsession. <laughs> Listen, you don't understand our love. <laughs> it is true. We move on. Next scene. Brian's up and he's watching cartoons and starts making a phone call. And Bat- Batflick comes out. I was like, yo, do you know how much this shit costs? And then Ricky comes out and Julia's like, hey, be straight with me. No hard feelings. I don't want you to get upset. It's a one time offer with me. And Ricky's just like, uh, no, I'm, I like women. That's just, that's just the way that it is. I'm getting knocking on the door. Julie goes to check, looks through the peephole. It's, he says, oh, fuck, it's a cop guy. They're like, you know, Brian, hide, hide, hide. So, he, so Brian hides away. Then he opens the door. And Christopher Walken walks through. He's in this movie, too. And, he, and he's a detective. And, and he, he, he comes in and leaves. He, he shows up and has the same sort of, like, introduction and sort even the same sort of like effect on the plot as a whole as like as like a of a, a, a like a celebrity guest on a sitcom mm-hmm. like if like like, like if uh, Johnny Depp showed up on friends or something or mm-hmm. or like Ryan Reynolds showed up on the office or some shit you, there would be very little effect on the actual plot it would just be he shows up oh my god he's here and then he leaves like yeah, I mean, quite literally, like you could put like the the uh, sitcom sound effect of Christopher Walken like walking in, and the crowd just goes "woo," like and as it, it starts just clapping, be, like, yeah, yeah, like I mean, and it's the same effect because quite literally, he comes in, he's like, "Hey, I'm a detective. I'm looking for news on the case," and you know, Lewis's supervisor Starkman, he's looking to you know, he's looking to get a little bit of time, and Walken's just like, "Hey, there's a federal prosecutor out here. He's got a little brother." You know, he may have been he may have been absconded with, which isn't good. I think someone in your professional community might be helping out with this to, I don't know, squeeze a little friendship out of the federal officer in hopes that Starkman 
who is his supervisor, might find all the charges mysteriously dropped. But like, you know, hey, what do you think? And Julie's like, I don't know shit. Like, I'm just trying to, you know, be, stay in shape and mind my own business. Well, because I was like, well, you know, if you hear of anything, let me know. And then he just fucking leaves. So Geely now looks at like and, and, and he doesn't case, show up case, for the rest of the movie. As, in case you were curious, he doesn't show up ever again. Because why? Why would he? Why would he? It's not like he's just some random officer that Geely knows that could easily be a plot point cat and mousey sort of chase. But no, mm-hmm. he's just, no, he shows up and he leaves. And you're like, okay. I mean, I want to know how much money that he got paid for this movie. Because I mean, just think like his job would you know maybe come to set for like a day or two he comes in he does his scenes and then he fucking leaves that is that's the that is that's the level of like stardom that is like you just have bags of money dropped at your doorstep like you show up and just pretend to care about some dumb movie you get paid like five hundred thousand dollars or like a million and then Mm -hmm. just leave because it's Christopher Walken and Al Pacino. It's not like they're small fries. It's not like they're going to be like, I'll do it for a, for a, for a Big Mac. Like, no, they're going to want a lot of money. So you have, you have to like make it a point, like not to just, you know, hey, like we got to sit down and figure out the numbers so we can get the big guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we move on. Next scene. Rick, Ricky, uh, Geely, and Brian are all getting into Geely's car. By the way, they had to like dress Brian up. And like, you know, a bunch of jackets and beanies and sunglasses to where he kind of looks like a flasher. And like he said, like, you know, just so they could get in the car and just <laughs> he drive. He looks like he's somewhere. about to, but looks like he's about to commit a, like a sex crime. Like he's like, he's like, he, yeah, like he's like, he's a flasher. <laughs> so like he, they get there in the car with the top down, by the way. And remember this. They're trying to hide Brian. Like it's, they, they in all, in all, for all intents and purposes, they kidnapped that man, and, and they, they are trying they, to like you know get some money or like some information. But no, they're just going to bring him just right out in the daylight. Like, hey, it, here he is. It's wild. It is wild. Like that's the thing is, Geely. That that being said, also Geely's car is a convertible car from like the the late seventies. It is. And it is not the 70s. It's like 2003. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that they weren't like, hey, let's be in a closed top car, like a Corolla, and just keep moving. No, they were like, yeah, yeah, let's roll down, roll down fucking, uh, not the 101, but it's that, like, it's the like the shoreline drive in Los mm-hmm. Angeles with the down and the kidnapped person in the back seat waving his hands around you're like what the <laughs> what no it do- it doesn't make any sense but they do they do the whole uh baywatch bit again for you know that's like a running theme throughout this we'll we'll that will close later so next scene we we move on to this like they're at a restaurant like an outdoor restaurant Brian is staring at a mural painting of a girl with like big boobs and like Geely and Ricky, they're sitting. And then all of a sudden kid rock starts playing and, you know, Ricky, she's vibing with it. Brian is like dancing, but apparently Geely isn't a kid rock fan. So, you know, uh, G- you know what? Geely's the, uh, like <laughs> Geely's like, you Geely's like, you know him. what? <laughs> Yeah, I'm with Geely. But no, Geely's sitting there just cross-armed, just going like, 
Give it 10 years, you'll all look back on this memory and feel pretty stupid. <laughs> I am the American badass. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, G- so like, Geely, he gets pissed off. He asks these thugs, like, hey, turn off the radio. And Ricky, being smart, says, hey, maybe we shouldn't draw attention to ourselves. The thugs start talking shit. And Ricky's like, you know what? Let me handle this. So Ricky walks over to this group of like, I don't know, six, seven guys, turns off the radio, and then tells one guy about uh, Tai Moi Chai or something about like gouging out eyeballs. And she threatens to make this guy go blind so he never has memory of anything he's ever seen. And as she's monologuing, I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, if this was like an actual thing, all of these guys would just bust out laughing because i mean they're yeah. like fucking teenagers and if someone's talking yeah. to them like that they would just cackle like they would joke yeah. like that for fucking years that's why i was like i see she goes let me handle this and then she makes up like this like obviously bs martial art like come on you couldn't even sit there and just be like be like it's a muy it's a it's a muy lao tradition traditional martial art that's really like, no, she had to make up the BS name and then go through this monologue about liquefying a guy's eyeball and ripping out his optic nerve. Like, how do you not sit there and look, look, look at her and then just laugh and just be like, get the fuck out of here. You sound like a, you sound like a moron. Leave. Let us just listen to our kid rock in peace. Damn it. It's always going to be cool. <laughs> And we won't we'll, we won't look back on this and go, oh God. So yeah, Ricky, she ends with like saying, like, hey, work on your people skills, study hard, keep your grades up, or I'll gouge your eyes out. And then all three dip, only before Geely like takes the guy's laptop and just breaks it. And he's like, Yeah, go to suckmydick.com. So cool, Matt. Good sick so burn. Cool. So, so cool. <laughs> God damn it. He's so good. Yeah. I can already hear. I can already just imagine Ben Affleck after he finishes saying that line. He goes, God, that's a fucking stupid ass line. <laughs> She's like walking off. He's like, okay, you know, I guess I got to say it for the money, I guess. So, so next scene, they're back in the car. And he's just like, lol, I lied to them. And then Sun- and she says a Sun Tzu quote. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, cool. And you know, I, it's, again, it's. She's there's so much of her that she just busts out. She just busts out things vaguely related to the East Asian continent. Like that's that part of the world that just and it's it's to a degree at which if you see it, you do start to sit there and go, hey, what? 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 What's what's going on? Like this is you know, like this. What? <laughs> like. He's like, guys, what, 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 the, what the fuck, what the fuck are y'all doing? What the fuck? Yeah, are you doing no, the movie? It's really. I was like, I was like, this is a weird, weird angle. But all right. <laughs> so, and then she takes all of that, whatever the fuck just happened, and turns it into like commentary on like men and women and their differences. I, <laughs> like Ricky's, like, hey, when men are boys, they're encouraged not to cry. They're supposed to fight. A guy that's miserable at work usually goes home and he yells at his wife and his kids. And he's like, and she's just like, so what are you so sad about? And Geely is just like, nothing, because I'm a man. 
I, I also, I also like, like <laughs> this whole interaction, like Geely going nothing. It's just like, it's just the most like, most like, hell yeah. Way to cover it up, bud. Way to, way to push that feeling deep inside. And I also like had to look back at her and just be like, that's a real good opener. That's a good way to make someone go, you know what? I do feel safe and comfortable opening up to you about my sadness and personal insecurities. Allow me to divulge it to you of whom I trust. No, they'd be like, it'd be like, no, fuck you. You don't, no, you don't get to learn. You, no, this you is like to me. be more now. <laughs> you're like, bro, you don't, you don't, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been yeah. through. Yeah. You're like, fuck you. Go to hell. I'm not doing that. Just because we shared a bed together for one night and didn't cuddle. Doesn't, that doesn't mean that you know me all of a sudden. <laughs> God. So, so again, we like, uh, the scene ends with Geely getting a phone call from his mom. Move on. Next scene. Geely's injecting his like white trash mom wearing a thong with a needle for like a diabetes shot. Uh, the best way I can describe her is like if the Northeast like took all of their white trash and just rolled it into like one mom. That's who this person yeah, is. Yeah, it's like it's like, yeah, they sat there and just tried to do the Italian mom stereotype, but as a result of it. They kind of just within that singular stereotype, they roped in all of like all of that white trash northeastern stereotypes and just mm-hmm. bundled it in bundled it into one person. And you're like, the whole time you're just sitting there left going, What the hell? Okay. Like that's right. okay, that's fine. But then we get a knock on the door. It's uh Brian and Ricky. Brian's gotta pee. Geely's mom invites them in, and Geely's just like, you know, she's very impressed with Ricky, which, you know. Fair, JLo is very beautiful. And mm-hmm. mom, you know, shows where Brian is and Julie and Ricky, they try to have that like cutesy dialogue that like tries to like, you know, tug at your heartstrings, but it just fucking yeah. doesn't happen. It's it is so flat. It's so flat. I was like, oh my god, you guys make such a cute couple. Are you together? No. You're like, and it's and it's and it's not like that. No, mom. No, she's a lesbian. Up. It just goes. So she likes women. You're like, okay, all right, man. You you could you could have been a little more like to play it up and a little more coy and be like, shut up. No, he just goes, shut up. No, she likes women. You're like, fuck. All right. So, so, so like after this, like mom embarrass, like this mom embarrassing her son humor. We move on to the next scene. We're back at Geely's like place and Brian's on the phone listening to the radio. And it turns out Brian, like he listens to like English weather on the radio because he's just like, you know, I like her voice. And Geely's just like, okay, <sighs> keep, keep it under control. But then we cut to Ricky. <laughs> She's doing yoga and Geely watches and Geely's just like, huh, I'm not your type. I'm curious because in an earlier in the scene with the mom, she said, uh, G, um, Ricky said that she's been with guys, but Ricky was like, yeah, they gave me terrible head. But Julie's just like, you see, <sighs> I know the guys you've been with didn't know how to bring home the pearls when diving for the oysters. That's oh, man, give me a second. Oh, no, I need some type gotta, of like headache medicine, which by like, like, it's only like, going to get, go, it's only gonna get worse like, from I, here. Like within I, this scene, you will see what I mean. Because guys, it, it gets oh god, uh, it's so weird. Let me just get like I hate this G- scene. 
Geely give is so uncomfortable. Like, watch the scene with your parents, film it, and let me know how uncomfortable it is, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Post Jeez. on social media. Use the hashtag messed up at midnight. Use the hashtag messed yeah, up at midnight. Yeah, yeah, use hashtag messed up at midnight. Yeah, we'll, we'll laugh. So Geely, like, she gives a whole speech on, he gives a whole speech on, like, sex toys, the male penis, frontier co- conquering, men, pleasing women, sound like like a an early 2000 Sigma male. But then Ricky, she's like, but let's, con- this is what she says. I can't believe I'm about to read this on this podcast. <laughs> I'm reading, an, I'm reading, this is an actual line from the movie I just had to write down. Verbatim. Verbatim. But let's reconsider women, their form. As for your penis, it's like a slug. But the pinnacle of sexual design, one's first impulse is to kiss the lips surrounding a warm mouth. Not a toe, not a sea slug, a mouth. And the mouth is the twin sister of the vagina. There is, no, there is nothing that's been fought over more than my pussy. It is women who are the most... Des- I can't do this anymore, guys. I tried. I tried. It's, it's you, dude. You put in a valiant effort because I couldn't get through that scene without going, what the fuck? I was like... You guys like, can oh see. Oh my it. god! You guys can see it. Like my, Mike, you can test. This. I was just like trying to just keep my composure as I was it's, reading this. No, it's oh my it's god, so funny. It's like that? it's like the it's it's like the meme with the dude with the vein bulging out as he's like as you were just reading it because it's just, it is the most ridiculous faux. Like I'm 14 and this is deep. Like kind of bullshit. Oh like it's yeah. just. It's just so ridiculous. It's, it's trying so hard to be deep. It, it like really when have, is. When you have dialogue this, like this, and also if you're trying to make a point about like, you know, men and women, you know, having these interactions, like, I don't know, the way that you set this movie up, it's like, it's not, it's not working. It, it's just yeah, not well, working. It's, it's not the time and place. It, it, it feels like, it feels like it's, it feels like this movie with the tone it was trying to set super hard, this feels like such a, like, uh, it feels it feels out of out of place. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like it fits the movie's tone. Like it just feels kind of it just it feels kind of odd. But just on top of that, it's it is it's so bad. It's just so poorly written. Like it's so poorly written. Listen. <laughs> I almost want to tell you guys to go watch this movie right now. Just watch so you the highlight underst- on YouTube. Yeah, just so you can watch this this particular scene and some of the later scenes where it's just this the strangest dialogue combined with like the most wooden acting with the like you look in their eyes and they say like just kill me, just just get me out of this movie. Just yeah, you can out, just please. Like- Literally, the best part is you can just see J J Lo's eyes as she's like saying all these things, and it's just like it's like it's the same eyes that I imagine Mariah Carey saw as like the intern held a gun up to Mittens' head, <laughs> like just just that sort of like I hate this so much and I want to get out. Listen, like in the, in this scene, J Lo probably has like I don't know a bow and arrow held up to like her dog or some shit. <laughs> They're just like they have two interns, one with a bow and arrow, and the other one with the with like a pass it out. And they're both like they're both like we we should have learned from glitter. 
<laughs> not again. <laughs> it's, like, it's the same exact interns that were on Glitter. And they're like, I they're like, at this point, I have only myself to blame for being in this. Okay, so we move on. Lewis calls Geely. Some offensive dialogue between Lewis and Brian, of course. Okay. So the the basics of this is Lewis is like, hey, first thing in the morning, send uh, Brian's thumb to James' door. And Julie's just like, how? Lewis provides well-put-together series of steps to send thumbs to a person. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. Pretty. It's, you know what? It's Thank you for the step-by-step guide. I don't think I'll need it, but thank you for the step-by-step it, guide. It was very considerate. So, <laughs> so they all, you know, so Lewis, so Geely's like, okay, whatever. So now he's reading, now Geely's reading the back of Charmin toilet paper to Brian as he's falling asleep. Is this how the movie's doing like product placement? Did it really need to get like an extra like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars when this movie like, <laughs> made like seven million at the box office on a budget? You can like- just, I could just, dude, if this movie was made in like 2019, you would just see Ben Affleck lift up, lift up a box and go. HelloFresh is a door-to-door delivery service that delivers quality meals at an affordable price. You can go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Gili. To- no, no it, I mean, it wouldn't even be that. It would be like they would integrate it like within the movie where like he would order like he would order um like Uber Eats and like the delivery driver would come to deliver it and he would be played by. I, I, I don't, I don't Mark Hamill. Know. I was going to say Robert De Niro, but you know what? Sure. <laughs> it's it's too old guys famous. for better movies. <laughs> Listen, like it's the two, like he's just delivering it and they do a whole bit about like, hello, about a uh, Uber Eats and shit. I, I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. So, okay. Next scene, Geely and Ricky, they're in bed together in a totally professional way. And Ricky's just like, what are your friends like? And Geely's like, I don't have friends because that's the Sigma male way. Okay. It's he literally got all of his advice from the from watching Patrick from from reading Patrick Bateman's like mindset <laughs> in American Psycho, and he was just like, damn, this motherfucker's spitting. Yeah, next thing you know, he's gonna install like a gigantic mirror in his room and then like you know have a very intense like skincare and workout routine and then bring people back to his apartment only to kill them and throw a chainsaw down a stairwell. Oh, <laughs> No, that would be that would make this movie more interesting and developed. And, and you know, I don't we, think that this movie dude, has that. And, you know, it'd be a movie, weed whacker, dude. <laughs> it would just be like a, just an actual fucking um, rideable lawnmower that he just tosses down there. Oh, my God. <laughs> he throws a he throws a John Deere down the stairs. <laughs> and J-Lo's just running. And, ah. like, ah. and like, you just see a huge John Deere come down the staircase. <laughs> Okay, I, w- I wish we. I wish that was it. I really wish that was it, guys. So, Julie spills the beans on having to cut Brian's thumb off. So we move on. Next day, Julie wakes up. Ricky's in the shower. Brian's dancing in like the kitchen, and you know is just, you know, vibing and yeah. And then Julie like turns the music off, but then like he hears a knock at the door. So Julie answers. A woman barges in and. The way I can describe this is she looks like what you think a, a Karen in her youth would look like and just kind of barges in is like, who the fuck are you? And Gila's like, um, who the fuck are you? I, then- most of the time, Geely is a 
complete and utter dunce. And mm-hmm. he's he's still a dunce in this, but this is probably Julie at his smartest, or at his most where I'm like, I'm with you. Because she comes in and goes, you stupid motherfucker, who are you? And Julie's like, who the hell are you? This is my apartment. <laughs> it's just like, um, the fuck lady. So she barges in, Ricky comes out, and apparently she knows this young Karen, and they start fighting. They're in a relationship. They have problems. Young Carrie, young sorry, young Karen isn't happy that Ricky's with a man on a job. And young Karen's like, oh yeah, like she's like, oh no, he's leaving. And Julie's like, um, the fuck I am. I live here. Get out. This isn't like, <laughs> he, he's this is what Ben Affleck says. He says, this isn't lesbian talk circle time. I, I was like, I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa, all right. Ooh, you're losing me. <laughs> So then she's like, young Karen's like, oh, you, you want to dabble? We can all fucking shit. Been out like Julie's like, huh? And Ricky's <laughs> just like, this has nothing to do with him. We're over. He's so stupid. But then this is like, this is what I was talking about, like with the tonal inconsistency, where young Karen says, you know what? I'm gonna kill myself right now, and you care. And what does young Karen do? She goes to Ben Affleck's kitchen, takes a knife from his cabinet. And then slices her wrists and starts pouring blood. I think it would have been right I, here if I was watching this in the movie theater. Where I would just be like, "Nope, I'm out. I'm out of here." I, yeah, exactly. I would have been. I would have literally just been like, "I, I'm out. I don't. What the hell?" Like, this is supposed to be a rom com, and in like, this is not to say rom coms can't have problems and tragedy and touch on serious topics because they can mm-hmm. absolutely. What the hell is this? Like, this is way out of line. And it's like, this is the equivalent of like, like, this is where the coffee liqueur comes in. Yeah. Where it's like, you're like, you're like, oh, this is pretty boring and whatever. And then it just hits you. and You're like, fuck it. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, dude. Like, it's so weird. But then, but it's like, we cut immediately to the hospital. Ricky and the young Karen, they're, they're in the hospital. Whereas Julie and Brian, they're sitting in the car looking in. This young Karen's getting admitted, never to be seen again for the rest of this movie. Ricky, she comes out to the car. She's like, hey, should, uh, young Karen will be okay. And she's like, can I talk to you alone, Julie? So they leave. And Ricky's just like, hey, listen, I'm not up for this thumb deal. I don't want to do it. And Julie's like, wait, are you testing me? And Ricky's like, no, no, no. I've done bad things, but I'm not here to be some brutal street thug. And Julie's like, okay, well, you know what? How would, how would you get around it? So then we move on. Next scene. Ricky's in the hospital talking to some nurse and like doing the whole like, is this a B level or is this a D level? Like, well, I'm trying to look where this is. And then she accidentally spills coffee on the nurse while Geely and Brian sneak into a wing of the hospital. They walk in where the dead bodies are like in the freezer and Geely just grabs a plastic knife off of someone's food, which why would you put your food in the freezer where they keep all of the bodies and then cuts a dead person's thumb off with a plastic knife. I, I don't want to, I, one, what the hell that's Jesus. Oh wait, I didn't even get to, I didn't even get to the best. I didn't even get to like the interesting part. Brian is standing and looking in the corner and then he starts singing to himself. I like big, butts and i cannot lie <laughs> as he's in a morgue as like Geely's cutting a thumb off he's sir me 
that what <laughs> inappropriate there isn't an inappropriate despite you know our um preconceptions there is an inappropriate time for sir mix a lot <laughs> it's you know what up until this movie i was led to believe any time was a good time for sir mix a lot even like as 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 a loved one's getting lowered into the grave if someone just quietly just goes you other brothers can't deny i'd be like okay all right i mean maybe yeah sure like the whole funeral starts saying, the girl walks in with an itty bitty waist, you run thing in that's where you get sprung. It's like the dead bodies in the morgue just sit up and go, sprung. <laughs> oh my god, dude. dude and this is actually a sequel to, to uh, Return of the Living Dead Rave to the Grave. <laughs> yeah, they just all start like bumping Serpix a lot. Serpix a lot comes out and he just like starts dancing. <laughs> and Ben Affleck has a glow sticks and shit. <laughs> and the movie just ends. That would be, hey, you know what? That would be a whirlwind end for for Geely. Best ending. So now we got, so now we move on. Geely and Ricky, they're at a post office mailing off a thumb with romantic music playing as Ben Affleck tosses a thumb into an envelope and then signs it. I don't know what the point of this is, but that doesn't matter because we go into the next scene. We're back in the car and Geely says he's sad. He says, I'm doing some more reading of this movie. I'm sad because I got this hot, amazing 17 out of 10 girls sleeping in bed next to me, and she's a lesbian. So it's sad. I feel sadness about that. There's nothing I can do about that. Not only is she a major babe, but I really like this girl a lot. She's like no one I've ever met, and I don't know her fucking name. And my life sucks. <laughs> That one was a little bit more tolerable to get through. That one, yeah, that one, one. I, I was like, it, it wasn't good, but admittedly, that one, was, I was like, I was like, all right, whatever. All right. So now we're back at Julie's apartment. Brian's watching some TV show with a monkey on it. Sure, funny. In the bedroom, Julie and Ricky. And Ricky says, oh, do you, do you think your fingernails need trimming? And Julie looks at them and says, oh, I think they're fine. Oh, and the reason I asked, like, she asked that is because I don't know if you guys have heard of, like, the fingernail trick. Where it's like how girls check their fingers with their palm facing out versus how guys check their fingers with their palm facing towards them. And Julie checked palm out and they're like, oh, and then they do this whole bit where Julie's like, oh, I can't see. So that's why I got to check. I'm nearsighted or farsighted. And sure, it's 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 funny. No, it's not funny. This movie's fucking terrible. Why, why yeah. would you include a little bit like it's it's just it's just dumb. Like, it's just dumb. Like, it's. They do the they do the fingernail trick and then like <sighs> this movie makes me want to go punch a heavy bag like bare fisted for like two hours. Exactly. Just oh my god. Oh your poor knuckles. <laughs> this movie makes me want to <laughs> you know what, fuck it. I'll just how about I just like hit the heavy bag with the tips of my fingers so my fingernails can look all nice. So I can look at them exactly. with my palm facing me. Or I can look at it with my yeah. palm facing out. I don't Absolutely. Know. Jennifer like, Lopez, why don't you tell me what to do? Why don't you tell yeah, me how exactly. to look at my fingernails? Like, yeah, because apparently me looking at my fingernails with my palm out isn't apparently I'm less of a man. <sighs> God, I need I need like <laughs> I need an ambient. I don't know. I need an ambient. I need a Mountain Dew and I need a cigarette. Okay. So <laughs> Geely like goes to sit down. Ricky asks if Geely is gay. Geely gets mad about this. Like, like really mad. And Geely's like, it's, I don't know it's, why. It's, it's big 2003. 
straight for, like, man for, energy. Like, like straight, straight dude energy where he's just like, he's like, hell no, no, that's no, that's dumb. Of course, I I, I like girls. <laughs> you could just you could just be like, no, like, it's OK, man. Like, you could just be like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. So Julie's like, I don't know why I had a crush on you. Ricky's like, maybe it's because, you know, I can kick your ass. But then she kisses Geely, and you know, it's hot. It's passionate. And then Ricky pinches Geely's on the tit. And G- uh, it, it's confusing. So Geely's like, you need a woman. Ricky's like, I got one. I thought you wanted to be my bitch. So yeah, they start making out. Ricky looks seductively and then says, this is, this is the worst part. Of, this is the worst thing that's ever been uttered in the history of cinema. She says, it's turkey time. Gobble, I- gobble. <laughs> <laughs> I oh my god I literally I, I, I heard it was I heard I heard her after after passionately kissing Ben Affleck just lie on her back and turn to him and go it's turkey time I literally like choked I was laughing so hard <laughs> It's the worst line in this movie by far, by a mile and a half. <laughs> this this movie makes me want to develop a drug habit. Oh my god. And that was my like my god, that was a bad line. You know, I, I was kind of hoping here that the turkey from thanks killing comes out and kills Ben Affleck and kills As, Jennifer. Lopez. Yeah. Like he just comes out and he goes, gobble, gobble, motherfucker. And he just like stabs them both <laughs> or better yet. She says, it's Turkey time. Gobble, gobble. Motherfucker. Then rips her head, okay, and rips she her like, face off. And she it's literally the turkey underneath. <laughs> oh my God. And the, the Turkey was leading Geely on the entire time. Exactly. Fucking Exactly. I think a lot of movies need like twist endings like that, where it's just it's just not explained, where it's just like I think it's romantic comedy and boom, killer turkey. Boom. That, that's all you get. Hey, you. Yeah, exactly. Just I think that would be amazing if it was just if we had more of these crappy movies that ended by just by just left turning the shit out of the movie. And can we just give an Academy Award to J-Lo? For saying that line with a straight face, because God, that could not how, have been easy. How she, how she did not die laughing, I will never know. I okay. will never know. Okay, so, so let's go through the, this this sex scene. So Ricky says, "Show me what I've been missing my whole life." Um, she wants Julie to eat her out, and Julie does the whole well. Lesbians know their way around, and yada yada. And it's like he's already making excuses for his poor head game. It. <sighs> listen, the way the way Ben Affleck's Kids. walking around in this movie, I'm just like, dude, it's okay. You know, listen, a lot of us like if you don't have ex- that's fine. If you don't have experience, it's, it's, if you don't have a lot. Okay, of, that's okay. Man. That's okay, man. You just gotta be open and communicate. It's, I, I love Ben Affleck in this movie, man. He's he sucks. the the sex scene is like it's not like a funny sex scene like in the room where it's just like oh my god turned up to 10 like he's picking (laughs) her belly button and shit it's just kind of like you're just kind of there and you're like it's not like you know emotional or anything it's just like 
okay. It's just, it's just kind of there. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's not funny and it's not like emotional or like it doesn't have depth. It's kind of just like, oh, okay. So they have pillow talk and, you know, oh, every relationship has a bull and a cow and Ben Affleck moves and it's just like, okay. And Ricky's like, oh, when this gig's over, I'm leaving. Okay, next scene, the morning after. Geely's phone rings. It's Lewis. Lewis, wa- Lewis wants to meet uh, Geely and Ricky. And Lewis is like, you know, leave leave Brian. So we move on. Next scene. Geely and Ricky, they get in um, Geely's car and they go, like, he's, Geely talks about his fantasy of wanting to go somewhere clean. No scumbags telling you what to do. A place where you can just be yourself. No bad stuff. But then Lewis pulls up. He's like, hey, we got a visitor from New York. Follow me. So they drive off. Now we're next scene. We're in a nice house. And it's Al Pacino. Oh, no. Duncachino. So they all, Geely, Ricky, and Lewis, they all sit down. Pacino's monologuing about legal problems. And Pacino's like, I can't go to jail. I'm used to the finer things. It's not going to happen to me in jail. You know, somewhere a mistake was made. Some people regard the thumb to technically not be a finger. Lewis looked this up for me. I don't know if the thumb is considered a finger. And then Pacino takes a pistol out of Lewis's jacket. He takes the gun. He's keeping on monologuing and doing intimidation. He's like, you know what the most intimidating quality? When an individual doesn't give a shit. Uh, Lewis, you wanted you want to go to medical school? And then fucking shoots Lewis points like in the fucking head. Blood goes on the fish tank. I, I was like, oh, oh, this, okay. Again, hold on. I, 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 was, I was literally sitting here and I was like, I got a I got a text on my on my phone and I literally I was like, oh, it's you know, it's when a man doesn't give a shit. And I was like, OK, whatever. It's mm-hmm. he's I was like, he's just doing the Al Pacino. I'm going to say gangster things and leave sort of bit. And I'm like, OK, cool. Let him just do that. And I'm answering my text. Then I just hear you want to go to medical school, Lewis? Bam. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I literally slammed my phone down when I got to back up. What the hell just happened? And he's, yeah, he just out of nowhere just aces Lewis. And you're like, okay, all right. It's like, Shit. You gotta, it's like you got to start that scene over to be like, truly understand what the fuck just happened. You're like, okay. You just, again, this movie does like the romantic comedy thing and then jumps to shit like this where you're like, oh, okay. And it's like, it's not like in like a back to back like time where it's kind of like, okay, it's like escalation, you know? Where it's like, okay, it's a rom com. Okay, some crime gets involved. And like, you know, we get it like a, like a slow build to the very end where it like Christian, like you, it's like naturally gets introduced to you. But no, with this movie, it just kind of like hits you in bursts. It's just like, okay, boring, boring, boring. And then, oh my God, a woman cuts her wrist. And you're like, what the, okay. What, now, but it doesn't shock you in the way that the movie wants you to. It shocks you in the way of that was not set up in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't, see, the thing is, is like, if you think of scenes that like shock you, it's like, like the, like the number one scene that comes to my mind is in, is like in Breaking Bad when, Gus out of nowhere kills the guy with the box cutter. Mm-hmm. Like that is a scene that you were just like, it feels so sudden, mm-hmm. but in a good intimidating way where you're like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. You're like, okay, this is really serious. But even then with like breaking bad, it establishes itself as like, Oh shit can go down like 
Yeah, well, that like, is it's true. A, it that is, is established true. early on yeah. within the series where it's like, hey, like shit can get violent, shit can get explosive, and you you kind of got to be up on your toes. These are people you don't want to fuck yeah. with. It's <laughs> in Gili, not so much. <sighs> okay, so yeah, Lewis is dead. Pacino's like, hey, I feel released. I don't give a shit. Um, I'm very concerned about the way things have turned out. Then he asked Jilly about the bleeding when he cut the thumb off, and Jilly was like, "Oh, you know, bleeding was fine." But Pacino was like, "Okay, good." And you know, he Pacino starts monologuing to Lewis's dead body. He's like, "Okay, so now things are bad." He's now pacing around Jilly and Ricky like a shark, and he's like, "Okay, listen, a thumb has a fingerprint, and the one you sent had the wrong one." And Jilly tries to speak up, but Pacino yells, "You don't extort a federal fucking prosecutor, and you don't fuck around." And Ricky's like, "You know what?" Fuck this. Cutting a sum off was a stupid order. How could we stay under the radar with a bleeding guy? Use professionalism to override a dumb request. That's what Ben Affleck and J-Lo should have said to avoid being in this movie. Ricky's like, the, yeah, only, yeah. Person, <laughs> the only person that can link you to this fuck up and is uh, um, and that we should rectify this problem as soon as we can. And Ricky's like, okay, let's just take the thorn out of your side. Let's make sure the kid can't testify against anybody. While like smooth jazz is playing in the background, that's confusing. It's, by the way, by the way, by Al Pacino. Yeah, he's gone. That's it. It's just hard cuts, and they're driving off, and you're like, "Oh, I guess, I guess this is going well." Because he just dips, and he does doesn't come back. He doesn't come back, and then for our next scene, and like the last little bit of this movie, Julie and Ricky say like, "Oh, we need to drop Brian off where they found him and skip town." So Brian starts to rap like a love song. Um, and then Geely starts to, you know, be a wingman to Brian by giving him like, you know, love advice and like, hey, you need you, you know, need to go up and you need to have confidence. You gotta go talk to the girl, you know, and say, hey, like see a cute, see a cute girl, step up and talk to her, you know. And then they practice. And now they're at a gas station. And Geely asks Ricky what her real name is. And he's like, you know, look, we're both leaving. I'm gonna lay it out there. Like, what? What's your name? And Ricky's just like, you know, the whole man thing doesn't hold up for me. But somehow you got through. But in the end, I don't think I could ever be what you really want. And just like, oh, so y'all fucked. And now it's just like, oh, y'all are done. Yeah. It's just it's, like it's it's just like oh okay, I guess that's it then. Like, all right, I guess it's just one of those. All right, I guess they're gonna go their separate ways. It's not a driving yeah. in the desert. It's not a driving somewhere. And Julie's like, okay, well, where are you going to go? Ricky's like, Northern California. Pronounces uh, the state of Oregon, Oregon. <laughs> Ew. Julie, it's it's it, it's the same. It's the same thing as like when someone calls uh uh like like Nevada, like Nevada, or something like that, or it's or whichever the correct pronunciation is, or New Orleans to New Orleans. You're like, oh, you're like, oh, okay. god. That's 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 not right. So, so that when they're driving, Brian looks over and he sees a beach. He smiles. It's Baywatch, and he starts. He's like, "Oh my god! Like I can't believe it. like that." That's Bear's like, "We need to stop. We need to stop." And he's like, "We can't stop." And they're like, "Oh come on!" So with a nice twist of the arm, we go to the next scene where Geely, Ricky, and Brian go to the beach, and Brian's just so happy. Um, Geely, like you're like you know, Brian, just just go. Um, Brian's like, hey, I want to go down there. Larry, you promise it's right there, just five minutes. But then Geely, he walks over to a payphone, calls Brian's brother, and like, hey, like, you know, I'm at this location, then hangs up, then like hangs up. 
And Julie's like, hey, I think your brother and his friends are going to be here soon to pick you up. And I want you to know something. You're a good kid. It's like rising emotional music. It's, oh, God. So I'm, I'm just going to wrap this up, guys. Ricky says goodbye. Julie asks Brian how his fingernails look. Linking back to that bit. And Julie gives, Julie gives Ricky um, his car. And, you know, after some hemming and hawing, she takes it. And Julie's like, you know, as far as the lesbian thing, think about it. You know, hop in the fence. Promise me you'll give me a call first. So they kiss. Ricky takes the car, drives off. Julie just watches. And then he wa- and then um, Julie watches Brian, like, just kind of crash this film set. And sneaks yeah, in, just, and like somehow, just, yeah, he just shows, he just shows up, and that there's no stay, like there's no crew, like person on the crew who's like, hey, dude, what the hell, you're not, why aren't you in a bathing suit or a Tommy Bahama shirt, like the hell, man? And it's just like that, just like one guy you see at the beach that's is like fully clothed. Like yeah, he wasn't expecting yeah. to go to the beach that day. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, he was like, I was personally prepping for laser tag, but here we fucking are. So yeah, Brian just kind of joins in with the extras. He pairs up with this blonde, and you know, Geely's giving like, yeah, man. And Brian has a conversation like with this girl. They start dancing, and Geely just smiles and watches, and he just starts kind of walking down, walking down the the highway. Who cares how far away he is? By the way, Ricky drives up next to him, who tells her his real, um, who tells him her real name is Rochelle. And Julie's like, "Oh, does that mean you hop the fence?" And she's like, "Not quite. The least I can do is offer you a ride in in the town." And also, you look good in mascara. Life's not black and white. They drive off in the sunset. Bombastic music starts playing. It's all inspirational and shit. And God, I feel nothing. Why was this movie made? Fuck it. That's the end oh of this movie. God. Go fuck yourself. Geely. It's. Oh, man. It's such one. a bad movie. This it's one. such a bad movie. See, okay. I will say for final notes on the movie. One terrible. Goddamn bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. And don't do it. There's so many other. There's so many other movies that Geely falls under that like are better. Just mm-hmm. far, far fucking better. I. I have a placement on the spectrum for bad movies. Mm. This is boring bad that makes me a little angry. So in that middle spot, that perfect mm-hmm. middle spot, it's terrible, but it makes me equal amounts ang- angry and bored. Because mm-hmm. it's not it's not Curse of Bigfoot boring. And it's not Bucky Larson angering. It's mm-hmm. this like little weird sweet spot where I'm unhappy that I watched it, but I also... I'm so very bored. <laughs> yeah, this this one hurt. Like it, re- I mean, it did. It uh, really hurt. I haven't felt like this one in a long time. Again, not yeah, quite they- like not quite Bucky Larson, but there were times when I was watching this movie where I had to like pause it and just like <sighs> take a second. Yeah, take a second to yeah. breathe. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that one, that one definitely, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. stung a little mm-hmm. bit. Um. But can we also take a second to talk about how Ben Affleck bounced back from this? He he did. He really he bounced back hard. Cause I mean, like, I saw an interview where I think it was Ben Affleck and Matt Damon talking, where Affleck said, um, if Geely hadn't happened or the reaction that it had hadn't happened, um, I wouldn't have ultimately decided, like, I don't really have any other avenue but to direct movies. 
which has turned into my professional life. And, you know, he got to meet, you know, Jennifer Lopez without, mm-hmm. you know, the reception of Geely, we might not have gotten, I don't know, gone, baby, gone the town Argo. So yeah, I was going to say Argo. Like, I mean, dude, my hat's off to my hat's off to, to the bat fleck bouncing back and, you know, playing Batman, being in gone girl. Um, and yeah, making some, making some That's, pretty, some pretty dope movies. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Ben Affleck went back to like making like really kick-ass movies and he really made a made a solid solid comeback mm-hmm. in in a huge huge way. And Jennifer Lopez is 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 there. She is doing something. She I'm made sure. she made a song with Pitbull in like 2011 that was like Oh, that was solid, I guess. Yeah, it's, and you know, know, she's the executive producer of a Good Trouble. I literally just pulled up her IMDb. I did. I could. Oh, really? Oh, you know, executive Good Troubles. A yeah, pretty powerful movie. Um, she's acted in you know her music videos, so you know, good for her. You know. Yeah, I, I guess. So, you know, guys, that does it for this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. We suffer for you guys. So go go tell your friends. Go tell your enemies. Go tell your dad. Tell you, Go tell your mom. Uh, go tell my mm-hmm. dad. Go tell my mom. You know, go just go tell everybody about the podcast, it's, it's, guys. Go follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We're bringing you movie news. We're bringing you updates on the podcast. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Mike, what are your, what are your parting parting tidbits of knowledge it's don't you know what maybe 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 steer clear of steer clear of the j-lo ben affleck romance movies or media that's produced because god damn this is really this is this is really spoken volumes to uh to to the quality of the content related to it. Oof. All right guys. See y'all next week. See you next week everybody.